Welcome to Boss Don't Lie. I am your host, A-N-T-O-N, Anton, along with my co-host, regular Steven. What's cracking, my bro? Not much, man. Not much. Beautiful day. Starting to finally get some beautiful weather here in Lafayette, Indiana. Uh-huh. How are things going on your side of town? Uh, it's all right, man. The grass is green. The air is fresh. Uh, maybe slightly tainted with the Rona. I'm not sure. but <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, man, it's all gravy out here, man. I can't complain. Good, 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 good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Action-packed show. First of all, uh, uh, just sorry for those who actually listened to us. We didn't have a show last week. It's just life getting hectic, limited, you know, stories out there. So we'll try not to make that happen uh, very often. But yeah, on to well, today. I had, you know, yeah. I had a really, I had a Good. really busy week with school, uh, uh-huh. doing a big project with school, and then uh, you know, just a lot of stuff going on. Kind of leading up to what we're going to talk about today, which is kind of what we're waiting to get into this. We're going to talk about the NFL draft. So we had NFL draft starting Thursday, going on Friday and then Saturday. Uh, right. We knew that was going to be coming, so we knew we'd be able to talk about that stuff. And it just seemed like, uh, you know, with everything going on, if there was a time to take a little a week off or something, that was last week. So now we now we have some more to talk about, and uh, here we are. But before we get into that, I do have a couple questions for you. Um, do you uh, have have you watched any of the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN? Have you watched any of that? I started it. Uh, I believe I finished episode one. I haven't uh, got into episode two. I think they just dropped three and four. This past they did. Weekend. They did. Okay, so yeah, I haven't got to that, but that is something I am going to get to this week. That is for sure. It is a yeah. lot more. It seems like I know we talked about this before. <laughs> like, what are we going to learn new out of it? You know, but it seems to be kind of the stuff we already knew, just a little deeper dive into it. Yeah. The thing, thing that surprised me the most about it is I have not had any desire to watch it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I have the sh- I, <laughs> I have them recorded. Um, <laughs> like, I'm recording all of them because I want to have them so that I can watch them. But honestly, I. It's it's twenty year old information. Yeah. I'm just not. I don't know how many how much more we have to hear about how I'm tired of hearing about how awesome Jordan was. Like I am tired. Of, I'm not. I'm not one of those people. You know, I talk about. I I don't like all the disrespect that LeBron gets, and I'm not trying to throw all that at Jordan. But I do also get tired of hearing just how amazing and awesome Jordan was. And then you hear the criticism of other players, and it just doesn't seem to get applied to him because yeah. he won six championships, and they that's. That's all it is. It, it, it's it's his accomplishments seemed greater than what most players were, but you know I, I don't. It, it's just I'm tired of hearing about it already. So <laughs> as much as I as much as I want to watch it, the the stuff that happens on Twitter, it's just that's the only conversation is about this Jordan thing. Everyone's talking about it like some new revelations are being had here, and it's just it it, it turns me off of it even more to hear about everybody. Well, you know, Jordan was the greatest man all these doing like I don't know, okay whatever <laughs> it's a jordan attack, man. i don't like it um i don't know you know i'm not a i'm not a jordan guy i've never have been as much respect you know i you know i have all the respect in the world for him but it's, it's not a story if i had to choose 
to listen to other basketball stories, his would be one of the, the last on the list, just because, like you said, people talk about him all the time. It's always constant comparison, him and LeBron. Like, yeah, that's just old. But there are some uh, different vantage points that they, uh, you know, highlight in the series, at least so far. You know, some of the little minute things that person who is outside of the, the Chicago market might uh, never, never have known, you know, some of the people pulling right. strings and, you know, just rumors and all that stuff. So we didn't have that information back then. So, but right. Right. Yeah. No, it, it is what it is. It's MJ. He's all, it's probably going to be another one of these in like 10 years. You know what I mean? Like it's, gonna be, like it's some new <laughs> right. information or something, you know what I mean? But right. you never know. Hey, we'll get one that follows the 96 team around, the, the team that won 72. It's just like, oh, okay. Uh, the other thing basketball related that I just wanted to tell Aaron Gordon to shut the fuck up. He came out with a diss song against, against Dwayne Wade. Like, dude, it's a pandemic going on. I hear no one gives a shit about you losing the dunk contest anymore. Would you just shut up about it already? Uh, you can tell the look on that dude's face when he lost that contest. That dude is just so into himself. And he was so salty about losing that dunk contest. And nobody cares except for Aaron Gordon. He just came out with a diss track. Dude, shut up and just go somewhere with that. You played for the Orlando Magic. He came out with a diss track against Dwayne Wade, who played in five NBA finals. Aaron Gordon's played in five playoff games. That's it. Five playoff games. Just shut <laughs> up. Oh, the, the fucking no one cares. <laughs> yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard the diss track, but uh, I got out on my daily ride earlier and uh, I turned on ESPN. It was uh, Stu guys talking about that. So, yeah, I <laughs> went and listened to it, but it was like, man, we're not here to hear average players uh, diss Hall of Famers. We just we don't want to hear that. So, and not I about a dunk contest. Not a dunk contest. Nine out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Ten. I'm not listening. <laughs> nine out of ten. Ten out of ten, uh, ten, out of ten times. I'm gonna turn that shit off if I ever hear it on the radio. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious right there. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll never listen to that song. It just, I don't even know why he did that. It just makes no sense. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I know Dwayne Wade probably got a kick out of it, though. Oh, I'm like, sure he's sitting there laughing his ass off with all those rings and. Right. <laughs> Polishing his rings, sipping some wine, and listen to comedy. That's all right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man. Well, you ready to get into some football? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, you know, the usuals. As always, everybody, please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. You can find us on Twitter at Balls Don't Lie Pod. That's Balls with a Z on that page. You can find our uh, uh, separate uh, Twitter profiles there too if you'd like to interact with those. Uh, but the show is Balls Don't Lie Pod. That's Balls with a Z. All right. So today we have NFL drafts. Yes, it was do. a humongous event, humongous event, simply because we have not had any tangible sports news basically since NFL free agency. So the NFL is kind of keeping us afloat. And I, I personally was excited just because even though it's just the draft, I mean, you're talking about there are some different difference makers in the draft, obviously. 
Um, so you get to see guys. It's cool to see, you know, some of these guys' lives changing. You see their reactions with their families, and you're just you know something big is happening for all these kids, and that's very cool. Uh, and it's also cool for our teams. You get to see the newest players on your teams. Um, so I don't know if you were able to catch any of the draft live. I know you've looked up your stuff on the Steelers and all that. Um, did you get a chance to see any of it? Because it was a very different draft. Obviously, they did everything virtually. Um, so it was, it was different than any other draft that we've seen. Um, did you get a chance to see any of that? or? Um, uh, I, I, I didn't watch it live. No, I did not. I just saw okay. clips, bits and pieces, clips in here and there. Um, definitely weird not seeing the boys walk across the stage and seeing the rampant crowds, you know, reacting to each and every pick. But it might be the new way. <laughs> might be the new way. Some reasons for that. And one of the things, and you can tell how starved people were for this to happen because the virtual draft over the three days uh, set a record. It had 55 million viewers, and that's the most of any draft. Uh, day one, 15.6 million viewers. That's up 37% from last year. Round two and three, which is day two, 8.2 million, which is up 40% uh, from last year. And then round four through seven, which is day three, which is usually the things that don't matter. You know, it's four through seven. Uh, 4.2 million, that's up 32% from 2019. People were absolutely starved Star. for some tangible information, some something. And give me something and they got it and it was enjoyable yeah. um, not only did fans seem to enjoy it but coaches seemed to enjoy it uh, i had uh, quotes from you know like brian flores all these coaches uh people talking about how it might make them reevaluate how they do the offseason because it was so nice to be able to spend time with their families uh, um and i i think that was something that happened too that made it more human because you got to see the coaches with maybe their little kids in the room or you know uh bill belichick's dog in his office or you know their wives or just whatever was going on at uh, mm -hmm. uh mike vrabel's house there was a kid dumping in the background they had a kid dressed up like a q-tip i mean it was all kinds of weird stuff going on and some fun things but it was it made it more human than just seeing you know the guys sitting at the desk and they call a telephone and they run the envelope up, up there and you know even goodell was even likable against all odds so uh, it, it was a very different experience, but very, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, it's the first time I've watched all three days of the draft sitting there like, man, who, you know, I don't know all about all these players, but just seeing, I wanted to hear the analysis and just see something sports related. That wasn't a documentary about 22 years ago. So I thought it was very cool. I was very excited for it. And, uh, it was some, some cool things came out of the draft. I think both of our teams had solid drafts. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the other things, too. So this first segment, let's get into around the league, uh, some, some things that happened. And then in the second segment, we'll talk about our teams. Mm -hmm. um, so I do have a couple interesting notes here. I just wanted to, before we start talking about it, to put, put this in a little bit of a, a frame of reference here, just to kind of give some background information. Uh, picks by major conference. This is something that I think is interesting. And as we know, the SEC, your Alabama's, LSU's, Georgia's, Auburn's, all those guys have been dominating. People get tired of the SEC bias, but it's SEC bias for a reason. For a reason. Picks by major conference. SEC, 63 draft picks. Big 10, 48. So the SEC and the Big 10 really dominate. SEC, 63, Big 10, 48. Then you drop down to the Pac-12 with 32 and then you have the acc with 27 and the big 12 with 21 
That is the 14th draft in a row where the SEC has had the most draft picks. So if people are saying, well, tired of the SEC bias, it's not just media bias. If the, if the media is biased and so are all these GMs and talent evaluators, because that's just happens to be where all the most talent is. So I thought that was something that was interesting. Then we have draft picks by school, right? So national champion LSU, 14 picks. Then you had two big 10 schools, ironically, in Michigan with 10, Ohio State with 10. And then you get your Alabama with nine, Clemson with seven, Florida with seven, Georgia, Utah, both with seven, Auburn and Notre Dame with six, Iowa, Minnesota, Penn State, and Texas Christian University with five. So pretty much all the usual suspects at the top of the list. Things have not changed. Yeah. So it probably never will. <laughs> probably never will, especially now with the SEC. They really just care about it more. That area of the country is going to even bring that about. And then you talk about the tradition rich schools that are there, the Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida, Georgia, all I mean, all these schools. Uh, you know, Tennessee used to be that way. I mean, it's they just care about it more it's always going to be like that but it's cool to see the big 10 coming in second there um but it's still there's still a wide gap there between the sec and everybody else yeah i don't think it's ever going to change man you get you have success you you get the most attention you have the best coaches you got all the money you know it's just going to stay that way money money huh yeah, money, money, money. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So, yeah, it's, it's not going to change. I don't even watch college football like that, but, you know, that's all you ever hear about is the SEC. That's all you ever see. The SEC and the Big Ten, that's who you see in the in the Final Four every year, pretty much. Of course, Alabama's always there. We always said LSU should be there, and they finally pulled it off this past year. But, yeah, it's just the same teams. It, just how it's going to be. It's almost like that in all sports, though. The rich always get richer most of the time. So, Yes, yeah. they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> so let's look at what happened, some big things. Uh, first round, let's see what happened with the quarterbacks. As expected, Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU, Heisman winner, 60 touchdown passes last season, goes first overall to your one of your division rivals, the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Can't be saying your boy. I thought you was about to say that's my team. I was like, come on, now you know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, a, everybody knew that I, was going Everybody knew that was coming. They did the right thing. They didn't overthink it. It sounds like some teams were trying to maybe get up into that number one spot. I think Miami inquired about that pick. I'm sure some other teams called as well, but they didn't overthink it. They did the right thing. You take the guy that you know is going to be good. Only the one season where he was really dominant. The season before, he wasn't quite that good. If, if if there's any worry about him, I would say it's just not seeing a humongous body of work. But that one year was fucking spectacular. So to me, when you look at the accuracy there, he doesn't have the big arm necessarily like some of these guys. But the arm strength is there to the point where I don't think there's any throws that he's going to be able to miss out on. He might might not have the... Aaron Rodgers zip or you know some of that but the accuracy and the decision making all that stuff reading the defense knowing knowing what's going on it's all there at a top top notch level so that was a no-brainer I think that's a good pick for the Bengals 
Then we got Tua Valoa going to the Miami Dolphins at five. We heard all year tank for Tua, tank for Tua, tank for Tua. Everybody thought they were going to have to tank to get number one for Tua, but the injuries knocked him down the draft board a little bit. Uh, but I think if he can stay healthy, and it sounds like he is healthy, that he is going to be Russell Wilson type good. I really do believe that. Seeing him, I saw him play a, a number of times. Uh, watch if I watch football, it's SEC, and Alabama's on as much as anybody else. Um, and getting to see a little bit more body of work, more than just the one year of greatness from a guy like Joe Burrow, you got to see over time the accuracy. He can make all the throws. Um, needs to stop trying to extend every play. That's going to get him hurt. Uh, but other than that, the uh, the accuracy, everything. I I think his personality. I think that's a great pick from the Miami Dolphins. I think they have their quarterback for the next ten years, assuming obviously he can stay healthy. But we can say that with any of these guys. So you know, Frank Gore had no knees. Frank Gore didn't even have knees when he came out of Miami, and he's, he's been able to have a super long career. <laughs> He's Did he retire? Still playing. So, no, he's still playing, isn't he? He was no, in Miami. No, he's still playing. He still he still wants to play. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's my man, though. Um, I got a question for you, though. A lefty quarterback. How big of a difference is that? Do you think? Because basically everything is flipped for the defense. So now your right tackle is your your blindside guy. Versus the left tackle being the blind side guy, you know a lot of your players are going to probably focus to the left versus the right. So how, does the defense have to kind of like switch their 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 I don't know linebackers and you know stuff like that? For instance, T.J. Watt he always comes off the blind side. So would you want him right? Yeah, I mean not not the blind side, but that's a man. I'm tripping right now, but he comes off the, the 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 right side. So, yeah. But regardless, do you have to change everything? Does a receiver have to change how he catches? What do you think about that? The lefties are different. I'm not real sure. I've never I I haven't encountered many lefties throwing footballs to be honest with you. But um, I mean there there is precedence for obviously lefties uh, having some success. You know, you got guys like Steve Young. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly other ones. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there's there's been some other ones. There's not been a ton of them. I mean, you just, just don't see a ton of them. But, you know, I, I, it, it seems to be working in college. I mean, it doesn't seem to affect them in college. They had two receivers uh, getting picked in the first round. Uh, you know, it, those guys didn't have any trouble getting balls. I, I, I'm not sure if it would be an adjustment for those guys. I think the only difference, the biggest difference to me, it comes from constructing your offensive line. I mean, you're still going to want the left tackle. Uh, but the thing is, I guess now, yeah, that right tackle becomes more valuable than, you know, if you're, if that's, that's the blind side. So now, now you got to have someone over there that's a little more skilled, maybe like the left tackle and maybe, you know, so yeah, uh, I would guess that would change, change, change the construction of the offensive line a little bit. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought, but it's just weird. Everything basically flips and reverse on offense for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting though. Um, I've only seen him play ball one time, and that was the game he came in and played in the national championship, and he lit it up. Yeah. That's really the only time I've seen him play live. So. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, he's a baller. He's a baller. 
Who's this next? Who's this next guy? The Justin uh, Herbert guy. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Okay, quarterback out of Oregon. Yeah. The knocks on him: accuracy and decision making. His positives that he's tall and athletic, and he has a big arm. Okay. There's been a ton of guys that are tall and have big arms, right? We've seen them. Blaine Gabbert. Uh-huh. That was his thing. Blaine Gabbert came out of nowhere, went to Missouri, but then came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, goes to the combine, looks really good in tights, throws a ball to guys that aren't covered, and has a strong arm. And then, and then you see what happens with a guy like Blaine Gabbert. I'm Back not up. saying that Justin Herbert's going to be Blaine Gabbert, but I would bet on that side. I, I would bet you that he – turns out more like Blaine Gabbert than he does Tom Brady because accuracy, you can improve a little, a little, but not, not, not that much decision-making. If you don't understand what you're looking at, you will not be successful. You cannot be successful. We see that I'm watching this right now with Chicago, your boy, right? Your boy, your boy. Yes. Mr. <laughs> Trubisky, Matt Nagy just came out and said through the media, which I, I like, and I've heard some people saying, you know, you don't want to come out through the media because it's like the coach calling out to call his little baby ass out. Then if you're not in the film room studying, then I don't know what you're doing. The franchise took a big risk here moving up, going into the second overall pick to take you. You're supposed to be the franchise quarterback. If you're not willing to work like one, then get out of here. <laughs> They're not picking up his fifth year option. This will be Trubisky's last year in Chicago because they've already indicated that they're not, they haven't announced it, but if they were going to pick up his fifth year option, they would have, they don't believe in him. They know what he is. And all he is is a guy that you can tell he's not studying the film. And even, you know, he's one of those guys. He just looks the part, right? Good looking guy says all the right things. You know, he does all the right. He's, he's a, he fooled me saying all the right things. You know, no, it's not that he's unlikable. He's it, there's nothing wrong with him as a person. It doesn't seem like you know just from the outside looking in. Um, but when you look at what happens on the field and you watch and you say, okay, well he gets stuck on one side of the field. Sometimes he's going to make throws that are, you're going to go, wow, that that guy's you know that guy has top ten QB. And then he makes throws where you're wondering, you know, if he's going to be just a career backup or maybe you know not play. And that. To me, Trubisky's on the Mark Sanchez trajectory, top five pick, has a couple of good years with, uh, or at least, you know, early flashes with a team that has a dominant defense like they did with the Jets and Rex Ryan and those guys. go. They went to an AFC championship game with Mark Sanchez. And then you just kind of get found out the longer you're in the league. Teams figure out all they got to do is mix up coverages on you, and you don't know what the hell you're looking at. And, and it's not that hard to realize how to confuse the guy because it's just a little dummy out there so you know he's on that trajectory he'll he'll, he'll be away for after he's not in chicago he's going to travel around he's going to be a, a backup quarterback somewhere for a couple years you know a good guy to have in the quarterback room he's going to be a tutor a mentor for guys and then he's going to be good looking guy he's going to go like mark sanchez and he'll go on tv and he'll start talking about football instead of playing it so when i look at a guy like justin Herbert, and you're telling me accuracy is a problem and decision making is a problem. Are you studying the film and can you be accurate enough? Because those same things sound like Mr. Trubisky. They sound like Blaine Gabbert. They sound like Christian Ponder. They sound like what's his name that was just Blake Bortles. Uh, Blake you know, Bortles, come on. Rosen, all these guys. 
Yeah, it's all the same thing you hear from those guys, and they never work out. So the Chargers have fun with that, moving up to number six to get a guy who's big and tall and athletic and has a big arm. Congrats. I'll I'll put money on it that he's going to follow that same trajectory, and they'll be looking for a quarterback in three or four years just like the Bears are. I mean, probably. I just want to go back and just uh, – Illuminate how much hate in your heart you have for your boy Mitch. I just just wanted to laugh the whole time you were talking about him because I know that was just throwing coals on the fire. Just more coals on the fire. Ah, Gotta get it out. (laughs) Gotta get it out, man. Can't hold it in. So (laughs) Well Yeah. It pisses me off if you're gonna like if you're not in the if you're not doing the study, if you're not in the film room, if your coach has to come out in the media and say that you need to be watching more film, that does piss me off because because we have a defense that's capable of doing big things. And all we need, people are acting like Bears fans are stupid for being excited about Nick Foles. You know what I'm, I'm, I told you, I just want a quarterback who's competent. At least if, at least if if we aren't good now, I don't have to go well, but at least if we had a quarterback that could just knew how to, at least read a defense or make a, make a throw or, you know, at least hit, hit open receivers, you know, stuff like that. I don't want to lose for those reasons. We can lose for anything else. I'm tired of losing for this dumbass quarterback. Right. Uh, uh, confidence. It might not win you games. It might win you one, maybe two games a year, but it won't lose you any. That's all we, that's all we need in Chicago land. You got a defense right. that's going to hold it down, score 20, 24 points a game and you're good. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Last year, if we scored twenty a game, we're probably we're probably in the playoffs. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. yeah. Um. So okay, yeah. let me calm down off that. Next, <laughs> let me this. This is how I get to feel better about Trubisky and what's going on with the Bears because at pick number twenty six, the Green Bay Packers selected Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. Again, his positives: he's athletic and he has a big arm. Negatives: he is a project and also. It took them. It took away a chance for the Packers to supply Aaron Rodgers with another weapon, which they've been needing to do. They have not drafted a skill position player in the first round, for like pretty much the whole time he's been a quarterback there until they take a skill position. Uh, but it's the quarterback position, so that that's that's music to my ears. Make Aaron Rodgers even more grumpy than he already is. Maybe we get some friction there. I'm all I'm all with that. Um, they're kind of employing the same strategy that they did when they had Favre. It's a little bit different storyline. Favre was trying to retire. He, you know, they didn't know. They eventually just needed to push him out the door. Um, but it's the same thing. Favre was 35 when they drafted Rodgers with the 23rd pick, I believe it was. And Rodgers is now 36, I believe. And they've taken Justin Herbert with the, or just Jordan Love with the 26th pick. So yeah. I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it. of course you know it kind of points to the signs that mr a mr ar is uh on his way out the door uh soon to me if you're picking the quarterback that early but i don't get it though (laughs) i don't get why they're trying to do this Aaron Rodgers is he's not old (laughs) he's just not he's not that old Aaron Rodgers is still top five in the league the talent wise at least, but he doesn't have a squad around him. He has no weapons. So what the, I don't know. Is Bill O'Brien uh, making their uh, picks 
behind closed doors. He's not, <laughs> is he doing the, doing the same to them as he's doing to the Texans? Like, this is, I don't understand that, man. If you got a bad man on your squad, you're supplying with the weapons. That's, I understand from your vantage point, you want them out of the thing so your bears can uh, flourish even more. But I just don't understand what's going on. He should not finish his uh, career in a different jersey than Green Bay, unless he's overextending himself, you know, 40 years old and still wants to play. But you're 35, 36, and they're not hooking you up with your weapons that you need. I don't, I just don't understand what GMs are thinking. I, I don't know. Is he that much of a jerk? Is AR that much of a jerk? <sighs> I mean, it sounds like he's he's grown quite. Uh, from what I've heard uh, from, you know, not sources, but just people that cover the Green Bay or just whatever, um, what it sounds like is that he is very uh, spiteful and he's very capable of holding a grudge, and he does that. And <laughs> you know, um, so the thing that's that's weird about it is. Is when you're what they go 12 and 4, 13 and 3 last year, they go to the NFC championship game and lose to San Francisco. So you're a team that's one game away from the Super Bowl. You'd think maybe just, you know, there were some receivers there to be taken. Why? Yes, if you're if you're thinking it's you're not in rebuild mode, it it seems like a wasted pick. It just seems like if you want to go the route that you did before, fine. But it's not helping you win now. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the answer wasn't uh, what's going to get us past San Francisco and into Super Bowl. The answer was not going to be a uh, backup quarterback. Um, they already had pretty solid running back. The other skill position player they took in the second or third round was another running back. So basically they took a backup quarterback and a backup running back in the first three rounds. Doesn't make a lot of sense. There were wide receivers all over the place. This was the deepest draft for wide receivers in years, more wide receivers selected in the first two rounds than any other draft. And, and they came away with a backup quarterback and a backup running back. So, uh, you know, <laughs> is what it is. They got the pro, <laughs> pro, pro football, uh, pro football focus ranked all the draft. We have, I have a couple different ones. I'd looked at sports illustrated, look at NFL.com. I looked at pro football focus, uh, on pro football focus. They were the worst graded team. They received a D for their for their draft. I see another one on NFL.com with a C plus. Uh, you know, some of it could be the quality. You know, I actually saw on Sports Illustrated they got a B minus. So I don't know what the hell they're looking at. But it could be. I don't know if they were looking more at the quality of players they got as term in terms of like you know versus the needs they needed to fill. But if you're looking at the needs they needed to fill. Uh, you got to go D or a big fat F. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, definitely we're going by needs. But, yeah, I just don't understand how some of these people keep their jobs. It just doesn't make sense. Well. It really doesn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the thing is, too, it's like assuming that Jordan Love is going to be the answer because you just spent a first-round pick on a guy that, okay, he's get, yeah. He's going to get the time to develop, but that doesn't mean that he's going to develop into the next, you know, you get to get the hand it off to him after Rogers leaves the way you did when Favre left, where 
and handed it to Rodgers. There's no guarantee of that. So the one thing you do know is that you have a team that's capable of winning now. Mm-hmm. I, it's a confusing. It's a confusing move. I do think Green Bay ultimately comes back. I remember on a previous podcast talking about Green Bay, and I do ultimately think they come back to the pack, kind of like the Bears did this past year after winning the division the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think they're a prime candidate for that. Uh, a lot of things seem to go their way this past season, and their schedule should be tougher. And so they're a prime candidate to come back to the pack, and this doesn't help things. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm pissed. Mike Wilbon said uh, he, he expects to see – he thinks we'll see Aaron Rodgers in a Bears uniform before his career is over. Ooh. Talking about uh, <laughs> uh, uh, mixed feelings. You know, of course you would take them. Of course you would take them. But how would you see yeah. right out the gate? Like, oh, that is so weird. <laughs> see AR over there. But yeah, I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm, in a heartbeat. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come to, hey, we're going to start that campaign. You either come to the Bears or the Steelers. Because you're going to be around <laughs> after Ben is there. <laughs> gone. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want Mason Rudolph. Trust me, we do not want Mason. No. So, he's, all right. He's going to go to New England somehow, though, when he'll play till he's 50. And then Man. he's already said he's not playing. He's not going to play that much longer. He's not. He said he's not doing the Tom Brady things. So, I don't, don't know. Me too. Which makes me see maybe he maybe he demands a trade after the season because if you're if he doesn't plan on playing that long, if you're not going to give me any. Fucking weapons, and I just want out of here. I want to go somewhere the last couple of years of my career, and maybe I can have a chance to win because they actually are willing to put weapons around me. Um, you know, that's what that's what I'll be looking at. That's what I'm anticipating but, him forcing his way out of there. Yeah, it's great that. But all I right, I do want to do before we move on to the next thing. I do want to real quick one more pick because at 32, the Kansas City Chiefs did the thing that, uh, you know, yeah. they added Clyde Edwards Hilaire running back out of LSU. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to list his plus sides as I see them agility, quickness, pass catcher, plus speed, uh, best player on the LSU offense, and an absolute scheme fit with the Reed offense as well. Um, you know, man, Brian Westbrook, those type of guys, he, when you watch him, he's just, his time is straight line speed and his 40 wasn't amazing, mm-hmm. but you know, he, uh, he looks faster than everybody on the field when the football game's going on. So, you know, there's oh, something to say for that. It's like the last thing that anybody wanted to hear is that the chiefs added another super fast weapon. Um, they're going to be putting up 50 a game. So I thought that was interesting. Also Clyde Edwards <laughs> has possibly killed somebody in self-defense um, shooting them. So I think he had a little Snoop Dogg, little Snoop Dogg incident where someone came running on the car, I think so. And then either him or the other guy in the car uh, shot a guy. So, you know. Okay, so I saw a headline headline about somebody who uh, caught a case like that. So I I don't know if it was him, though, but, yeah, that's crazy having a body on (laughs) on the way into the NFL and then caught a body. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and it it sounded like it was self defense. I mean, he's not in trouble. And I don't. I still wasn't clear on whether it was him or the guy in the car. But uh, just an interesting little interesting little fact fact there. So, um, so yeah, those round 
those rounded out kind of the ones that stuck out to me in the first round. Obviously, some good, some good defensive guys. Chase Young uh, going second to the Redskins. I think he will be a difference maker, the defensive end. Isaiah Simmons. Can you hear my my dogs are going absolutely? I hear, I hear, I hear. What the hell is going on? Jesus. Anyways, God, Isaiah Simmons uh, going eighth to the Arizona Cardinals, who it sounds like Arizona had a really nice draft, the outside linebacker out of Clemson. Sounds like he will be a difference maker. Uh, you had Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, going to out from Alabama, going to the Raiders, who took three wide receivers with their first four picks. Uh, then you had Jerry Judy, uh, wide receiver out of Alabama, going to the Denver Broncos. And then C.D. Lamb, uh, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, going to the Dallas Cowboys, who I've seen – a uh, bunch of grades. Dallas Cowboys seem to have had a wonderful draft. They got A pluses on multiple sites. Uh, that is not what I wanted to hear. But uh, yeah, interesting. The wide receivers going high. It's kind of switching around. And we weren't seeing wide receivers drafted too high. And now it's the running backs are the ones that aren't going in. Wide receivers at a premium. So interesting shift change here in the in the NFL. Yeah, I like it though. I like it. It's a passing league. So it reflects that the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and your your highly touted touted uh, offensive linemen are the picks of choice. And I guess cornerback, too, because you got to have people who can guard these uh, wide receivers. It's a lot of them. Yep. See, I, I had the number. I tried to list all the positions. 13 quarterbacks was taken, 16 running backs, 37 wide receivers. Uh, 12 tight ends. Seven? Yeah. <laughs> Trust. Yeah. There's 26 cornerbacks. Uh, let's see. 23 offensive tackles. That's all I got to list, but uh, 17 guards. So, yeah, it's a little, the wide receiver is really busy. Really busy. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's <laughs> sign of the times, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's take a quick break. I think we both need to reset our households. You, uh, I had uh, somebody knock on my door, and you had uh, dogs barking in the background. <laughs> Going nuts. Going like, crazy. I think my dog just attacked somebody in the uh, upstairs. I'm gonna <laughs> check that out. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we'll come back and we'll get more team uh, focused on the next one. Absolutely. Sounds right. good. We'll be right back on Balls Don't Lie. Let's go. All right, welcome back to Balls Don't Lie. We just talked about uh, around the league and how everybody dealt with their draft. Now we're going to go a little team-centric. A little more team-centric. I know you got some honorable mentions that you want to get out the way real quick. Uh, yep. You can do that. Yeah, we got a, we got a local guy here. I don't know if he's from, local where he's from, yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, Purdue guy. Uh, uh, Purdue guy here goes in the fourth round to pick 136 uh, tied in to Bryson Hopkins uh-huh. uh, to the L.A. Confusing Logo Rams. And then we have... <laughs> we have a uh, couple Kentucky guys I want to give a shout out to. I talked a number of 
times on the podcast about Lynn Bowden Jr. I think he's going to be electric. And he was drafted by the Las Vegas Raiders in the third round at pick 80 uh, wide receiver. Sounds like they're going to use him at running back, actually, initially. Uh, but he's a guy that's going to be able to do all kinds of different things for them. And then Logan Sternberg goes in the fourth round, pick 121 guard out of Kentucky to the Detroit Lions. Also, uh, honorable mention from Kentucky, Calvin Taylor to the Steelers, undrafted free agent, and wide receiver tight end Ahmad Wagner out of Kentucky, uh, assigned with the Bears. So we'll see if he can uh, make any noise there. So interesting to hear. Uh, Kentucky uh, projected by Freddie Maggard, who covers football for Kentucky Sports Radio and has worked within the program. Uh, Kentucky projected to have seven to 10 players drafted in next year's draft which says a lot about how they've been recruiting and building that program. And we've talked about uh, some of the other programs, you know, that would have put them as one of the top programs. And with 10, if they had 10 guys drafted, uh, that puts them in second place for a number of draft picks this year. So I'm excited to see if that happens next year. Uh, But anyways, let's get to our teams. How did you feel about the Steelers draft? Oh man. (laughs) And first of all, I have to feel somewhat good because Though we didn't uh, have a first-round pick, we technically did, and we chose uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, and that right. worked out rather well. So start off with a shebanga bang. But uh, the Steelers, it wasn't nothing sexy about any of the picks. They really just went in and addressed some of their needs at the end of the day. Uh, what order they addressed them in could be up for debate, but – um, we've lost some key free agents this year, and they've addressed them uh, as needed. Um, you want me to run down my our picks, or you just yeah? Yeah, uh, if you want to. I mean, you guys. So you, you guys kicked it off with the wide receiver out of the Chase Claypool, right? Yes, sir. Big guy, six four, two hundred and thirty odd pounds. It's a big guy. Runs a sub four five. Pretty fast for that guy. Um, everybody's pretty high on him except his route running at this point. You know, I think Martavis Bryant, when I think of this guy, big physical receiver that can fly. That's what Ben wants so bad. So I think it's a win with this pick. And Steelers are great with receivers, dude. Right. Who knew who, who the hell knew who uh, uh, Antonio Brown was? Because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even know who he was until he caught the ball on his helmet in the AFC championship game. But, yeah, they just do well with receivers, so I won't question them on that tip. Uh, we also got an outside linebacker, uh, Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte. They had to be doing some serious digging because Charlotte? <laughs> serious? <laughs> Charlotte, dude. Third-round pick. Like, okay. But uh, he's supposed to be pretty fast off the edge. Obviously, we just franchised uh, Bud Dupree, so got to kind of have an insurance plan for him, uh, barring that we don't get a long-term deal signed with him in the future. Uh, then they addressed the running back position. I think this is the guy I'm most excited about. Our running back room is pretty full in Pittsburgh. We you know, still have James Conner. This Franchise is still pretty high on him, so we'll see about that. Uh, obviously, we got, uh, if you're going to win, put Benny in. Benny Snell out of Kentucky, that's your homeboy. <laughs> Jalen Samuels, a good pass catching, running back out of the backfield. But all these guys are pretty uh, average in all their intangibles and uh, speed and cutting and all that. 
This Anthony McFarlane guy, I seen him on tape. He's leaving dudes behind. <laughs> That's what I'm excited about. He looks like a one cut back, but if he gets that little room, he's taking it to the house. And we have none of those on our team. Uh, I'll say the one guy we do, and we got him from you guys, uh, Kareth White. Uh, yep. He showed flashes last year. He had some big explosive uh, runs. So, he, obviously, he's just going to be competing for a spot, but I like it. Hopefully, he can return some kicks and things of that nature. Um, uh, moving on down the line, our other fourth rounder was uh, Kevin Dotson, offensive uh, guard. Open oh, you know, a guard out of Louisiana. <clears throat> we lose lose Marcus Gilbert uh, to free agency, and uh, yeah, I think that's only one. But gotta stockpile your line. I don't know nothing about Dotson. I'm not gonna act like I do. He's a guard. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, he can block his ass off, or he wouldn't have got picked. But you know, I hope that works out. We need another body. We got to stabilize the line. It's been going through some shifts and changes. We got a few guys that's still there, but got to keep that line together for uh, old ass uh, Ben, Big Ben. So keep that together. Uh, then we draft Antoine Brooks out of Maryland in the sixth round. He's basically just a tackling machine, big body uh, safety that could fit in the box also. And we like those type, you know, still is love to disguise coverages and mix it up play single high, and do all the things they need to do. And we lost Mark Barron, a rangy uh, linebacker that backed up Devin Bush last year. Kind of split time. I wouldn't even say backed up. He split time with him. He started the season off slow, but he finished pretty strong. But ultimately, he's a, a casualty. You had to let him go. So you got to fill in the spots there. Then our last pick is a D tackle out of Nebraska, Carlos Davis. Um, he seems to get into the backfield. That's what I saw when I watched his little video. Seems to get there pretty fast. Uh, we lost um, Javon Hargraves. We call him Jay Wobble. Um, I always tell that story. I called him Jay Wobble when I seen him in training camp, and he didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing to him. This dude's like 300-something pounds and get off the line, <laughs> gets off the line like this. So if I turn to run, he's going to catch me regardless. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, another body like that that's taking his spot. So overall, we addressed our needs. How well will they fill those roles is yet to be seen. Obviously, when you're talking about third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders, it's always a dicey situation. I do look think I think that Chase Claypool could be uh Martavis esque. If he's Martavis, it's a goal. It's that's A plus to me. Martavis is was a very slept on receiver. He just he liked to uh smoke. <laughs> smoke too much. Yeah. yeah. Had a little few issues. <laughs> he's a wasted talent and I hope this guy can uh come in and take his place. So, yeah, I feel yeah. okay about the draft. I always just feel okay about Steelers drafts. Last year was the first time they really made a big splash while trading up to get Devin Bush because they usually don't do that. They just work with what they have. So, you know, yeah. it's just another one. I'll hear about it during camp, who's the, the camp phenoms and who's uh, showing definite potential. But 
I have no idea. <laughs> we'll see. I trust yeah. I trust Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin. Yeah, they've earned it. They've earned it. The uh, interesting thing here is I look at both of our drafts. I'm looking at all our players, all those SEC players, and neither of our teams picked one of them. <laughs> we didn't pick one. We're sitting here talking about the SEC's got all the talent. That's where all the talent is, and neither of our teams took one guy from the SEC. So I'm not sure if that bodes well, but probably not. <laughs> so just a little tidbit there. Uh, Bears were in the same situation as you guys. Our first pick was at 43 in the second round. Your, your guys was at 49. Interestingly enough, we both took two pass catchers out of Notre Dame with our first picks. Uh, Bears go with Cole Komet, tight end out of Notre Dame. He was the number one rated tight end by a wide margin in this draft, which is a huge area of need. Uh, the Bears got only 416 receiving yards from tight ends in last season, which ranked 31st in the NFL. So he's a big guy, 6'6", 260, and sounds like he's a pretty good blocker, can make all the catches. Uh, you know, he's he's more of an old traditional tight end, more like a, a Jason Witten type, I would say, as opposed to, you know, like a, an old Jimmy Graham with the same. Uh, now we just have old Jimmy Graham, right. so we need we we need old Jimmy Graham to just be able to, fi- uh, you know, concentrate on on catching balls and so this way we have a guy that can uh play the line and and also be a threat in the red zone and i like him for that he's also a a local kid from the chicago area grew up a bears fan and a cubs fan so i think that's really cool and obviously notre dame a lot of notre damers uh golden domers in the chicago area Mm. so he kind of lands lands in his home uh i think he comes in Look, I saw a lot of the analytic guys that I cover that, you know, or that I follow that cover the Bears on Twitter. And they, while they said, you know, they were excited about his potential, the the only thing they were, they just thought the Bears could have traded back and still gotten him and then picked up some other picks. All of them to a man, though, said he's a really good player. They just thought maybe they could have gotten him a little bit later. But I think if, if you're Ryan Pace and you have this issue with tight end, I think, you know, and if Nagy wanted a guy, I think you just got to go get him. Uh, uh, Bears with their next pick was also in round two at pick 50, and they took a corner out of Utah, Jalen Johnson. He will be a starter on day one. He will fill in for Prince Amu Kamara, who they let go. And, and uh, so I'm excited about that one. It sounds like he's a really good scheme fit for Pagano's defense, and he fills a need. They needed corner. Look, you can't have too many corners. If we're talking about the trend on offense is yeah. passing the football, what right. does that mean? mean you need to have a bunch of good ones of defensive backs corners and safeties corners specifically so when you look at taking a corner with that pick uh on espn i'm looking at their draft coverage he is called a first round talent and they got him at 50 so if he can step in and be a starter for them uh, right out of the gate he's tall uh very fast he's six feet tall so he should step in and be an immediate impact. So with our first two picks, I'm looking at going, okay, we just got two starters out of those first two picks. I'm happy with that. Those are two areas of need. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Next, they didn't have another pick until round five. So all these other guys we're talking about, who knows, except for maybe one of them I'm pretty excited about. But next they go, uh, Travis Gibson, uh, defensive end out of Tulsa. I think he's more of a, a depth move. I don't think obviously he's going to come in and start, but gives them a little rotational depth. 
Then with the next pick at 163, also in the fifth, Bears had three fifth rounders. Uh, their next one, they go Kendall Vildor, who is also a corner out of Georgia Southern. I think he's more of an upside pick. Also, uh, will provide them with some depth and then also uh, special teams. Mm-hmm. And then I think the one I'm excited about, uh, their next fifth rounder at 173, uh, they went with a guy named Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver out of Tulane. Small, only uh, five foot ten, but fast as lightning. I was watching some of his highlights and and I think he ran a four three nine or something like that at the combine or his pro day, one or the other. Uh, but he's more of a, you know, he kind of fits the Taylor Gabriel mold. And Taylor Gabriel is no longer with the Bears, but that doesn't mean that they don't need that type of player. He just wasn't getting the job done. Um, so anytime in this offense, look, if you look at what our offense wants to be, uh, <laughs> hasn't looked anything like it in the first two years, but what they want it to look like is, you know, the Eagles or ultimately the Kansas City Chiefs would be uh, nice. The thing that they, what do they have? They have speed all over the field. You need speed. You need speed. And that's what this guy brings. So I was glad that they went and got one of those guys. Uh, then you get to the seventh rounders. Arlington Hambright sounds like a project. But from what I hear, seventh rounder at 226, he's a guard out of Colorado. But uh, super athletic and sounds like a project, but a lot of potential. So, so well worth a seventh round pick. And then uh, also at 227, they had two picks in a row. So their next seventh rounder, uh, Lachavius Simmons, another guard out of Tennessee State. Kyle Long is gone. So they need offensive line help, uh, specifically on the interior offensive line. So taking two guards in the seventh round, I guess, provides some depth and possibly one of them will work out. I'm I'm happy with the draft. I'm happy with the draft. You don't have have a first rounder you can't be expecting to come out of there with something going man that's a total franchise changer but if you're a team that's trying to win the bears went eight and eight last year as bad as that offense was they went eight and eight that's not that far off man that's just not that that far off so if you can fill some holes you've brought in nick Foles uh to be competent and then you can just let him fit into the scheme he's already been in the scheme and you just provide some weapons and hopefully that's what they did on i I want to go through our grades on Sports Illustrated. The let's see, Steelers were given a C, <laughs> and yep. the Bears were given a B minus. Uh, Your grades are all over the place. NFL.com gave you guys an A minus. A A minus on NFL.com, and they gave, wow. gave the Bears a B plus. Yeah, and then on Pro Football Focus, the Steelers walk away with a B minus and the Bears walk away with a B plus. So what I'm looking at here, based on all of these, I think we have a consensus that the Bears were in the B range. The Steelers, I don't know what the hell. You're talking C, A minus, B minus. Who knows what the hell? It's, I guess we got to wait to see how it plays out. And that's obviously what we do with this anyways. It's fun to go through here and they get the grades and everybody says, oh, that's a perfect draft. That's a perfect and then they don't actually know. You got to see these guys hit the field, and we'll know in a couple of years whether or not it was good drafts or not. But it's fun exercise to do. It's the only thing we got going on in sports, and it's the only thing anybody's talking about in the football world. So we did too, and I'm glad we did. It was fun, man. It was fun to uh, have some actual f- football again. Now we'll just see if we get training camps. I mean, <sighs> we're back. To, it's we're, tough. I don't even know if I want to talk about it, <laughs> but we're back to that. And so who knows? I mean, if we get training camps, it sounds like 
They're going to do different things workout-wise as far as virtual workouts. I don't know if the NFL is an option on the table to push the season back at all if they need to. Um, but, you know, they've got some time. That's the thing I was hoping for with the NFL is that they do have time. They have time to hopefully get some, you know, testing methods figured out maybe or just time to plan this. You know, the sports that were hit the hardest. Obviously, basketball was midseason and the baseball. They just didn't have time to deal with this. But hopefully the NFL has some time. I don't know. Would yeah. you go to an NFL game if it if there were no vaccine or or treatment for this? Would you would you go to an NFL game? I mean, I, I no, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Uh, I'm not a I don't want to go to too many games. Like I said, I just want to go to one game in Pittsburgh. That's like the only game that on my bucket list that I really care to go to. Other than that, I'd rather be at home watching the game anyways. You know, but I I, I wouldn't trust it. I think a lot of people are not going to trust it for a very long time until there's a treatment or something, you know, I mean, we can fall back on because otherwise we out here kind of (laughs) like just every man for himself. And I don't trust every man. That's for sure. So I, I'll be at the crib. I probably won't even go to the bar and watch a game until that happens. No, no. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, these, these states that are talking about, well, we're going to open everything back up in May or June or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. you can open it back up. That doesn't mean I got to go in it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can open up, they can open up the pool if they want, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean the kids got to go to it. Right. Like the, it, if there's what's the difference if they, <laughs> open it i guess but mm-hmm. uh if there's no if there's no treatment and there's no vaccine then then we're in the same position i guess again it gets me back to i guess okay i guess maybe they achieved their goal of, of flattening the curve slowing this thing down so it didn't all hit at once but you're still throwing everybody out to the wolves uh mm-hmm. because we're in the same position we were months ago when they shut everything down and i guess i don't know i mean it I'm not telling them what to do. I don't. I don't really care what they do. I I, I know what I can do. I don't just because, like, like I said, just because you open it doesn't mean I gotta I gotta go. Um, I gotta go, right? But, yeah. yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't trust any of it. I tell you, where's the opportunity is the uh, to use the VR thing. You know, sitting courtside to watch a game. You imagine them selling yeah. slots slots for VR so you can watch a game like you're actually in the stadium. That would be dope. Um, I don't know how you would price that. Or the first thing they have to do is make it where you can actually do it on your phone. You know, they, you can buy those helmets and slap your phone in it, and you look like VR, do your right. VR thing. So if they made that accessible and can do that, that would be a a, a real option. I, I think you know, there's there's definitely services that already provide courtside you know VR experiences. So I think that could be an option. I just don't know how the players could get that feedback. You know, if everybody's at home yelling because, you know, our touchdown or a three-point shot goes in, how do the players get that, you know, that energy from uh, the outer source? So I don't know how they would do that. But there's an opportunity they can take advantage of, just like, you know, everybody's doing Zoom now. Like we're we're uh, we're old school. We're on Skype. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, on. I was gonna say, we might need to get on Zoom because this connection isn't that great. <laughs> it's not. A lot of my it classes is. my classes are on Zoom. 
them, and I don't have any issues on there. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> We're gonna work on that. party line. Yeah, <laughs> it's on a family group. Conference. We're on AOL, right? I know, uh, like eight people on there. It was no lag, was nothing. Like, dang, <laughs> nice. And yeah, Skype is rather suspect, so we might have to explore other avenues at doing this. But uh, yeah, man. We yeah, don't know. I feel like we're on dial up. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we, are. we are on dial. <laughs> but we'll see, man. Well, just for the record, I want to let everybody know that there was no uh, dead person when I went up to my, my living room. There was just some dogs that had walked by. <laughs> some dogs some dogs walked by and my dogs didn't like it. So <laughs> that's what happens, I guess. Yeah. In house dogs are hating on dogs that are outside. That, just hey, well, our dog went on a two-mile walk today, so they shouldn't be hating too much. Uh, my dogs would die on a two-mile walk. Straight up. <laughs> all right, man. I guess that's all for today. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we get some more exciting things sports-related coming up soon. I don't know what that's going to be. Oh, basketball. I keep hearing that they're talking about opening up some facilities like May 8th or something like that, some of the basketball facilities. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, because some teams are saying they're not even going to do it. I mean, they were going to do it earlier. Georgia is trying to open everything back up, but the Hawks have said we're not doing that. So I don't know. It's, I guess it's, it's a, it's, I don't know. Maybe it's exciting and it's a step in the right direction, but I'm not trying to get too excited about any of that stuff yet, other than the fact that, that, I'm going to hold on to a little bit of hope until I at least hear we're not having a season. Until they say we're not having a season, I'm going to assume we're having a season because I have to for my sanity because I'm not trying to have no sports until 2021. So I'm hoping they do. I'm not I'm not too sure about that early of a date, but I mean, they've said they're willing to possibly push the season back, even even play, you know, restart the season in fall. Um, and then, and then change the, change the NBA calendar. So we'll see. We talked about that a little bit saying that'd be a really cool thing. Um, obviously not to come out of something like this, but again, silver lining, um, maybe (laughs) maybe we get a, maybe we get a different NBA schedule, which would be cool. Yeah. We'll see, man. I I try not to pay attention to none of this. To be honest, messes with me. I don't want to get. That, uh, you know, that, you know, Christmas is coming tomorrow feeling and then uh, you don't right. get nothing that you wanted. <laughs> like, nah, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want none of those feelings. I'm just going to check ESPN once a day, maybe at nighttime and see anything going on. If not. All right. I just can't be let down, man. I'm already let down, but I don't want nobody to bring me up to let me down again. That's not, that sounds like a love song right there. Me like, <laughs> <laughs> my seasonal defective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my seasonal defective order. Uh, just let me wallow in all my sorrows. But, yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I have no idea what's going to happen, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. So, all right, man. Let's get out of here. Let's do it. Uh, like always, please follow us on Twitter at Balls Don't Lie Pod. That is Balls with a Z. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please like, share, and subscribe. And like always, and like I say, 
the balls do bounce, roll, and fly. But they damn sure don't lie. Neither do I. I nope. <laughs> and neither does that guy on the other end of the Skype, even though Skype yeah. is lying. But Skype yes, that lying. guy doesn't either. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we out of here. All right, later, dudes.